Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. It's love and time. Have you seen all the, the Oscar-nominated movies? I mean, I know the Oscars are over with. I know. We never really talked about them. Um, I haven't seen all of them. They, all of them don't really interest me, but um, I've seen most of them. And I, I try to see most of them simply because that makes the awards night that much more fun for me to know yeah, who well, I thought sucked and who I thought was great. Yeah. yeah. But I have seen – I saw the, the three billboards. I saw – That was great. Didn't you like that? I did. I loved yeah, it. Yeah. Um, I saw Dunkirk, that the war movie. Yeah, um, I've seen that too. I just saw The Shape of Water. I saw The Shape of Water too. And I uh, texted you about this. Yeah, and you said you texted me before I'd seen it, but you said I didn't really like it that much. <laughs> that's that's how I interpreted your text. That's a, I didn't really like it that much. That is exactly the tone yeah. of my text. I said, yeah. you and know, so I saw it last night. And I said, "This is this is a wonderful, magical film." I, I, why why didn't she like it? And so I wanted to ask you why you didn't like it. I thought here's where see, and I don't want to give see. Okay, so people who haven't seen it, just shut the podcast off now because I'm just going to talk about it. So you've had fair warning. Well, just, well, well come back. It's, it's not giving away too much. No, don't much. ever come back because I'm going to be talking about it forever. Well, I think before I ever saw the movie, I think I already knew everything about it because they, they, everybody talked about it. There's jokes about it. And, well, you know. well, I knew what it was about uh, to some extent. and It looked very good. The trailer was good. What was it? Science didn't know. Starring Richard Carlson, grimly adventuring underwater in the depths of the mighty Amazon. Sorry, wrong trailer. That's Creature from the Black Lagoon. Here's the one. The natives in the Amazon worshipped it. Like a god. Get him out. What are you talking about? No. We need to take it apart, learn how it works. I don't want an intricate, beautiful thing destroyed. We can do nothing. I'm sorry. Don't do this, Alasa. What is she saying? Don't do this. Oh, God, it's not even human. I think where it kind of lost me was when... Love the music. When the cat got it. When really? the cat... One, when one ate, scene. When he ate the cat's head, I was like, did that really need to be in the movie? Jesus. So, so, so no, so I did not one scene. No, one, that's where I went, oh, really? I wasn't that invested anyway, but I was going to hang with it. And then when the cat's head came off, I said, okay, I think... But that this wasn't great. that wasn't near the end of the movie. I mean, no, it was in the middle of the movie. It was. You know, I think it was to illustrate. First of all, the irony that cats are famously love to eat fish, and here was an example of a fish eating a, a cat. <laughs> There's some uh, hilarious irony in that. But but it's also right. it was also to underscore the fact that this creature was uh, a creature is a creature. It's it's a it's an animal. It's not a human, and so it would no. re- react to a threat. This cat. You know, seem to be threatening him. I know doing that cat thing. I and here's my problem: is I didn't realize that this was sort of a metaphoric movie and symbolic, and 
and I actually had to go online afterwards and read about it and and then I kind of got it you know the the voiceless people in our society you know they there's the racial issue in the movie there's the 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 mute woman the beast that can't talk all these people that couldn't use their voice I was starting to kind of get so here's the bottom line is the movie was far too smart for me I need oh no it, I need dumb you movies don't need that to know are, the that are stuff. spoon fed to me so I don't have to think too much I think that one was very spoon feedy Oh, I didn't get any of that from watching it. It was just exciting and fun and weird and I just, cinematography was glorious. The, I have to say yeah. that the the the, the film the, the, it was beautiful. So the colors and the sets were gorgeous, but it just the story is is not one I I care to go back and and. And, yeah, I probably you know, won't. I, I wish it, I wish it had been a, they had, it, it was set in a, what appeared to be the early 60s, and so they had a lot of music from that period, which yeah, I, I enjoyed a lot. O meu ganza faz tica-tica-bum-tica Pra eu cantar o tica-tica-bum-tica I get a oh, little oh, of what and, you're saying. And can I say one more thing? Uh, probably. The sex, what they didn't need to show all of, they could have just sort of... I don't know, inferred that they were, you know, they didn't have to, like, I just didn't think that they I needed didn't, to I, be naked with, I just didn't think that needed to happen. And I I'm did not, not think they were I'm not tasteless I about it. I love nude people. I love nude people. I think everybody who knows you knows that. I love nude people. I just, it didn't fit into the movie for me. It just seemed really, I don't know. Well, they had to explain a, a question, of course, that I had. About, I know. Yeah, and so well, so she, even, she even sort of indicates to her just, co-worker why? how that happened. Where his penis is. Yeah, yeah. Down and up and down and up and down and up and down. Down and up and down and up and down and up and down. It's like, who can't, it just, the whole thing just left a I bad thought it was, taste. Really? I yeah. thought it was cute. I, I did. I thought it was more charming than off uh, I didn't like it. Uh, but, I, but I get a little of where you're coming from because I find myself doing this, and it's so stupid, uh, where I will, I will obsess about something in a movie. Now, first of all, you know it's a movie. It, it's, it's a story. Mm-hmm. It, even if it's biographical, it's still somebody's interpretation of something that, that might have really happened. So in three billboards outside of I don't remember where someplace in Missouri Billings, um, what? Billings? Not Billings. Billings, Missouri. That's in Montana. Ebbing. Ebbing. Okay. So there's there's a scene where um, the uh, character that um, Francis McDormand. Francis, thank you, McDormand is playing, mm-hmm. uh, hurls these little Molotov cocktails or fire bombs at the police out station. the window across the street into the into the police station to right. set it on fire. Right. And I'm watching that, and I'm thinking, she hasn't thrown one one bad throw yet. She's <laughs> throwing out a little narrow window. I said, I, I don't think that, that that doesn't seem realistic to me. I don't think yet. I don't think Sandy Koufax could have thrown a strike every time, and that's a long distance all the way across the street. Yet the fish and the mute woman—that all just rang your bell perfectly. You're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, every that's good. every bit of that rang true. If there was yeah. a fish man, yeah. then that'd be fine. Right. But, but I could more fully relate to a woman or a man or anybody throwing. Mm-hmm. This Molotov cocktail across yeah, the street. Yeah, that didn't occur to me, actually. And I thought, no, nah, I'm not buying that. I think she would whiff at least one. Yeah. She would miss one. 
Well, maybe they cut that one out. And so I, I cut, I just, I, it ruined the movie for me. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. great balls of fire. No, I thought it was good. You know what I'm doing now, though? I'm going back and I'm watching all these movies I loved in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I watched Working Girl with Melanie Griffith. Oh, I love up. that movie. Shut up. And Harrison Ford and Sigourney Weaver. It was such a great movie. I have a head for business and a bod for sin. Is there anything wrong with that? No. 20th Century Fox presents Harrison Ford. Last night was special. It wasn't so special. I had to carry up three flights of stairs. Sigourney Weaver. This woman is my secretary. She's not. Oh, no? Ask her. Melanie Griffith. How about you? I'm flat broke. I'm crazy about a man that I will probably never see again. Well, besides that... (laughs) In a new film, directed by Mike Nichols. I'm telling you, she's your man. Working girl. You know, maybe I just don't like you. Me? Nah. (laughs) It was such a great movie. It was a great rom-com. It was fun. And I'm, I'm just... I don't know what's wrong with me. Maybe because I'm getting old and I'm mourning my youth. And I just think movies were so great in the 80s. Weren't movies great in the 80s? No, I don't yes, think they so. they were fantastic. Do you think so? Mm-hmm. I, um, I'm finding myself going back and reading books that everybody thinks everybody has already read in high school. Like Moby Dick. Um, you know, stuff, stuff of that vintage that I, I might have read in high school or college. But m- most of those classic books, I never read them. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing that more and more. But I'm also going and watching the rather large number of movies that I have never seen that I assume everybody else has seen. I mean, big-name movies, mm-hmm. you know. Like uh, what? A Bridge on the River Kwai, Ben-Hur. You know, I've seen them, but I haven't the, seen them since I was a kid. What's the Rosebud movie? Oh, you mean the one you just ruined for anybody that hasn't already seen it by calling it the Rosebud movie, Citizen Kane? Who, 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 which has been argued to be the best movie ever made. I, it still left me kind of going, wait, wait. Oh, I, the first time I saw it, I was just floored. I couldn't. Be, I just couldn't believe the ending of it because uh, I didn't see that coming. But uh, I, I, part of the reason that the movie's so revered is because it's so, it it, it is so original. In its in its photography, that the kinds of shots they they used and the, the way it was lit and mm. uh, that that maybe that, I'll go back and watch it again. I it's a great been, sprawling been, story. Could have been I was just in a bad mood that day. Could have been that I watched it. Did you ever and, notice that your mood when you're watching something? Maybe if I go back and watch the fish story. You mean Moby Dick? The Shape of Water. Oh, if I go back and watch that another time, it'll be. Much more enjoyable than I found. Maybe, it the first maybe. Time. I don't know. But when you, if you do watch Citizen Kane again, bear in mind that Orson Welles is twenty-six years old. Just a pup. He's just a pup. And I'll let you in on another little secret, Mister Thatcher. I think I'm the man to do it. You see, I have money and property. If I don't look after the interests of the underprivileged, maybe somebody else will. Maybe somebody without any money or property. Yes, yes, and that yes. Would money be too and property. Bad. Well, I happened to see your financial statement today, Charles. Oh, did you? Now oh, tell me. Honestly, my boy, don't you think it's rather unwise to continue this philanthropic enterprise, this inquirer that's costing you a million dollars a year? You're right, Mr. Thatcher. I did lose a million dollars last year. I expect to lose a million dollars this year. I expect to lose a million dollars next year. 
You know, Mr. Thatcher, at the rate of a million dollars a year, I'll have to close this place in 60 years. And you could argue that, that his greatest achievement came well before he even turned 30. For much of the rest of his life, he was in schlocky films, doing crummy commercials and and showing yeah. up on the Merv Griffin show. Right. Yeah, so I that's why I'm I'm pretty excited because I haven't done anything of note so far in my life. So the, something's coming. <laughs> something's coming. I haven't already shot my wad yet. <laughs> that's good. Could be who knows there's something to any day. I will know right away soon as it shows. It make them cannonball and down through the sky gleam in its eye bright as a rose. Maybe tonight. Hey, before we uh, resume with some other things that you might want to talk about, I've been carrying this opinion article around for a long time. And uh, you can see how threadbare and worn out it is. Wow, you must it must really have spoken to you. What's it about? It, it did. It, it did. And I and and, and you, this could be a source of some argument. Let me ask you this. And then you're always obligated. People never wait to see it. Can you ask me that? Well, they just plow ahead. Yeah. So here's how it usually goes. Let me ask you this. All right. Do you are you into gluten free stuff? Do you avoid GMOs? Do you watch your salt intake? Do you? Uh, uh, avoid alcohol. Well, that's what you're this, asking me. All of this. This is what this little opinion. I think you know what the answer is to that. This First li- of all, I don't know. I don't avoid gluten. Okay. Well, don't avoid. I've kind of. I kind of. Uh, I kind of. Alcohol. I have a salt lick. You you do have a salt lick. So you're in the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, here, this is this is why I thought you'd like this article because this is by someone named Aaron E. Carroll. He's a professor of pediatrics at Indiana University School of Medicine, and he wrote a book called The Bad Food Bible, How and Why to Eat Sinfully. Ooh. So this essay I'm intrigued. was adapted from that. And here's how he leads off. We talk about food in the negative, what we shouldn't eat, what we'll regret later, what's evil, dangerously tempting, unhealthy. He said, uh, by fretting about food, we turn occasions for comfort and joy into sources of fear and anxiety. And when we avoid certain foods, we usually compensate by consuming too much of other kinds of foods. And then he goes, he said, many of our most demonized foods are actually fine for us. Mm -hmm. Like what? Okay. Consider salt. Now, it's true that if people with high blood pressure consume a lot of salt, that could lead to cardiovascular events like heart attacks, so that's not good. But the average American consumes just over three grams of sodium a day, which is actually right in the sweet spot for health. Eating too little salt may actually be just as dangerous as eating too much. Let's drink to the hardworking people. And then it's on to red meat. Many of the doctors and nutritionists, he says, who recommend avoiding certain foods fail to properly explain the magnitude of their risks. And some studies, processed red meat in large amounts is associated with an increased relative risk of developing cancer. The absolute risk, however, is often quite small. 
He said, if I ate an extra serving of bacon a day, my lifetime risk of colon cancer would go up less than one half of 1%. And even then, it's debatable. Yay. Okay, so now let's get on to this gluten thing. This is one of my hot buttons because you see it everywhere. We're, I know. It's like all of a sudden everybody developed a gluten allergy. Right. And it, I don't think so. I think people, I don't think them, I think some people maybe have that problem. Oh, for sure, yeah. But, but I this, think a lot of people jump on it as sort of, they want to have something wrong. They want to have some sort of restriction. Well, it's almost like it's a part of a club now. That it, it's it, a great way to put it. Uh, this, it's a great way to put it. This author says, for some people, gluten has become the enemy, even though wheat accounts for about 20% of the calories consumed worldwide wow. more than pretty wow. much any other food. Fewer than 1%, fewer than 1% of people in the United States have a weed allergy. Wow. And fewer than 1% have that celiac disease. That auto, Isn't that the same thing? Autoimmune disorder. I thought that was the same thing. It's not the same thing. Oh. Gluten sensitivity is not well defined. Most people who self-diagnose don't even meet the criteria. Nonetheless, at least one in five Americans chooses gluten-free foods, according to a recent poll. Uh, sales of products with gluten-free labels are going through the roof. It's like $23 billion worldwide. Unbelievable. And gluten-free diets can lead to bad stuff, like deficiencies in nutrients like vitamin B, uh, folate, and iron. Compared with regular bagels, gluten-free ones actually can have a quarter more calories. Mm-hmm. Two and a half times the fat and half the fiber and twice the sugar. Yeah. And they cost more. Most foods that uh, subtract something are often adding sugar to make them taste better, which is why fat-free food is not necessarily the best way to go because the sugar's almost doubled in fat-free food. If you start to read the labels, I, I thought, you know, I'm going to start drinking fat-free half and half, which sounds like it shouldn't even exist. That yeah, shouldn't even I, be a thing. I know. I've seen it, yeah. But if you look at the the sugar content on fat-free half and half versus regular half and half, it, it'll shock the salt right off your crackers. You're going to be like, what? what? So I just decided to go back to regular. Because when I'm the only thing I'm trying to do is have less sugar. So all of these other things I don't worry too much about. I think sugar is the real evil. But have you ever heard of the thing where you avoid anything that's white? Yeah, you don't. Yeah, yeah. The white diet. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I don't eat powdered donuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah. You don't eat like um, cream cheese frosting. Yeah, that's cr- white. Yeah. But yeah. But so uh, vanilla ice cream. And I'm really trying to cut back on the cocaine and, like you said, ice cream. Isn't ice cream so good? It's good. Okay, so there, I read an article about an ice cream company. I wish I'd torn it out. I didn't know we were going to talk about this. Who um, decided to address the issue with people who eat those whole pints of ice cream? Like yeah. when you get a Ben and Jerry's, people love to just yeah. eat that little pint in yeah. one sitting, but the. The caloric content is astronomical, so they've come up with an ice cream that you don't have to feel guilty about. It's not really ice cream. It's like, I don't know what it is, dairy dessert. And it's like, eat the whole pint and you won't feel guilty. 
But that's, it's so ridiculous. I'm such an ice cream purist that I'm, if I'm going to have it, yeah. I'm not going to have ice milk. Remember ice milk? Oh, yeah. My mother used to buy ice milk. Hideous. It was hideous. It yeah. was literally ice milk. It's like if you stuck a carton of milk in the fridge and then took it out and ate it with a spoon is what it tasted like. It was horrible. <laughs> but, yes, but it was healthy, man. It was healthy. But no, so the idea is just my mom. The, my mom got on this kick of... She could save money by not buying us regular milk oh, at the no. store. Oh, no. Did you have to get powdered yes, milk? Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. It was awful. It was awful. <laughs> powdered milk is awful. We wouldn't drink it. And it's, even if it's cold. Yeah. Here's the key with powdered milk, if you really want to try to save money, is you, you mix half regular milk yeah. and half powdered milk, and then it kind of, you don't. Like yeah. notice it, yeah. but well, this is, you poor this is little my, kid. This explains a lot about it, you. Do you think so? Yeah, I never. I was never. Um, well, my subjected mom, to powdered milk, and we were a poor family yeah, growing up. But yeah. she spent money on real milk for for well, me. which she should. My mom though had that funny thing about that, and she one time was famously came home and we had eaten some cereal that she had bought. You know, I had a bowl or two. My brothers and I. She came in the house roaring mad and said, I don't know why I go to the store and buy food because all you kids do is eat it. She had us there. All right, then this, I'll just wrap this up. This author talks then about MSG. There's another one that you're supposed to avoid. I love MSG. Monosodium glutamate. I do. It makes Chinese food taste so good. Is that the stuff in that little can of accent, that seasoning called accent? I don't know. I don't know what. I've got a jar in the cupboard I'm going to go. I think it's pure MSG. Just (laughs) shake it on stuff, and it tastes awesome. It's an amino acid, apparently, that's a key part of the mechanism by which our cells make energy. And if we didn't have any MSG, all oxygen-dependent life would die. So there was a 1968 letter in the New England Journal of Medicine, which, of course, I get at the house. Do you? 1968, this little letter in there, in this journal, started all of this this business about MSG. Mm-hmm. Uh, people said, oh, I feel numb, I feel weak, I got these palpitations after I ate at a Chinese restaurant. And they did a few little studies after that. Uh, there were a few news articles. But pretty soon, you got guys like Ralph Nader calling for MSG to be banned. Mm. And food companies saw the writing on the wall and they dropped MSG voluntarily. But most people wrongly believe that it's poison. We don't need it in our diet, but we also don't need to waste effort avoiding it. It doesn't hurt you. Yay. Says this author. Yeah, so I just looked up accent seasoning. You know this. It's been yeah. around for a while. Yeah, I know what accent is. It was a meat is. tenderizer. My mom, because my mom would save money on really tough cuts of, of meat at the store. But she, yeah, she just, she, you know, crusted over with accent. And then it's all of a sudden, it's basically falling apart from the, all the MSG, yeah. you know. But it's good. It's so good. And then finally, the other one you hear all the time about GMOs. And this so, author says, in theory, one of our best bets for feeding the planet's growing population, GMOs. A, a, a Pew poll in 2015 asked Americans whether they thought it was safe or unsafe to eat modified foods. 60% said it was unsafe. 
Then they did the same poll talking to scientists, and only 11% of scientists thought GMOs were unsafe. So the conclusion is most Americans, at least according to that poll, don't seem to care what scientists think. In fact, Americans disagree with scientists on that issue more than just about any other, except maybe vaccines and evolution and global warming. But the bottom line of this whole article is we, we, we think too hard and worry too mm-hmm. much about mm-hmm. all of these foods. I'm not, I wish I w- was a bit more educated on the GMOs. So that's, is that genetically modified? What's the O? Uh, I don't know what that stands for. Um, Here, I'm uh, looking it up. Uh, oxygen. And no, I don't so know. So what? What? Um, Genetically modified organisms. Okay. Yeah. But uh, or maybe I'm thinking of the car. Little GTO, you really look <laughs> I know people get really upset about it. And they call it Frankenstein foods, but I, I just—it seems to me that we do a lot of combining with, um, you know, herbs and. All this, all this stuff, herbs. Herbs. herbs, and isn't that sort of modifying food? I mean, if I want to eat a pepper, should I just go out and, you know, I mean, eat one right off of the plant, or is it okay to have one that's been in a jar pickled with vinegar? Is that? I mean, I, maybe I'm m- not making any sense here, but well, I, I think that, that I, I can't answer that I question. I think that the science behind making bigger tomatoes and stuff isn't going to kill you. Yeah, and and the whole idea of GMOs, as I understand it, is that it's easier to grow th- more things, more more efficiently, more quickly, and that'll that feed the world better. Right. So. So yeah, genetic engineering um, in food. I don't see anything wrong with that. And by Neither the way, does this, uh, this by writer. the way, if you're wolfing down a box of Kraft macaroni and cheese, you oh, better yeah. not be bitching about GMO foods. That's right. right. You don't know even know what that what is that cheese? I don't know, but it's good. It's good. Velveeta is good. It's really good. If you're having and a grilled it, cheese sandwich, yes. it's Velveeta's Velveeta the way the to go. Best. Yeah. You melt it on everything. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I I haven't done this in a while and I don't I hate that I'm even admitting it. I would make the Kraft macaroni and cheese. With the powdered cheese and the milk and the butter, and I would add Velveeta, add <gasps> some more Velveeta cheese to it. <gasps> Seriously, <sighs> you just you want to just pass out on the couch after you've had a bowl of that. It's <laughs> phenomenal. Mac and cheese, mac mac and cheese. Uh, can I have some, please? Mac and cheese, macaroni and cheese. Please, baby, please. Mac and cheese, mac mac and cheese. Uh, can I have some, please? Mac and cheese, macaroni and cheese. Please, baby, please. Monster cheese, Gouda cheese, cheddar cheese, sharp cheese, jack cheese. Just melt it all, baby. Melt it all. So I just I carried this article around because I just wanted you to know at least this pediatric. Uh, I don't. And I, I don't. Doctor says, hey, I do calm think, down on this. I stuff. do think people overthink it, and I think you're right. I think it makes them feel special if they, you know, can't I can't have this and I can't have that. When they legitimately can't, that's one thing. But I think people make this stuff up, and they just want to belong to the club. The only thing I try, and I'm not always successful, is I'm really trying to get away from sugar. I saw this documentary, it's hard. It's very the hard. documentary called That Sugar Film. Go rent it. It is. It will. It'll make you mad. It will piss you off. The amount of sugar and how we've been duped 
to believe that it's okay and it's good for us. What it physically does to your brain and your pancreas and all your other organs is... And the size of your ass. Not to mention that. Yeah. It's hard, but sugar is so addicting. It is really addicting. So I'm trying really hard. It's it's not easy, but um, I'm trying hard not to. Well, to you got to be. Sugar. You have to. You have to be really on your toes because it's it, in everything. It's in everything. It's in salad dressing. It's oh, in, there's no sugar here. It doesn't have the word sugar. No, it says corn syrup. Right. You know, or or fructose, fructose or, or whatever. Anything ending in os ain't really good. Well, gran- grangios, for right. example. Right. That's, that's very sugary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw, I want to get back to the, we were talking about movies, and I, I sometimes I'll just randomly grab a documentary that I think looks interesting on Netflix or on um, Amazon, and there was a <laughs> there was a movie, I don't know why it made me think of you, that just was just released a couple months ago, so whenever anybody's listening to this podcast. Was it about a Nobel Prize winner, or was it about a great scientific breakthrough? You said it reminded me you of, of you. me, and so. No, I didn't, it didn't remind me of you, it made me think think of you oh okay so was it about uh, i don't know was anything to do with einstein for example no hmm uh i wonder what it could be the name of the movie it's a it's a comedic documentary is called poop talk poop talk oh yeah yeah i watch that every night (laughs) and i thought oh i thought i don't know i've watched documentaries about boobs and how obsessive you know america is about that's called porn boob no yeah. it's a dog oh you call it a documentary i think I, those are kind of interesting and i so i'll watch some of those random weird little documentaries and i thought do i really want to watch this what's this going to be about i didn't even look at the trailer well, the name's in the title isn't it i know but it turns out that the, uh this is a uh a documentarian named Aaron Feldman, and basically all he's doing is really interviewing a bunch of comedians about um, poop and poop jokes and personal neuroses surrounding. People clock my restroom visits because somebody will see me go into a bathroom and be like, "Oh, that's the guy from Modern Family," and then be waiting for me coming out. It's like my worst fear. It's like I'm glad I don't public poop. They'd be like, "Wow, he's five minutes in there." It has this very powerful disgust biology associated with it, and then the culture reinforces all that with shame and embarrassment. I'm okay with you knowing that I'm doing it. I'm just not okay with you hearing it, and I'm not okay with you seeing it. Can I just jump in for a minute? Oh, for God's sake. Speaking of interviewing comedians, did you ever see the movie The Aristocrats? The funniest movie ever. That's what I'm talking about. Those kind of irreverent kind of documentaries I think are so fun to watch. It really was. I have watched that. I think I've rented it three times over the years because I still, every once in a while I'll go back to it and I'll go, God, that was funny, but I can't remember all this. And I'll go back and it is the funniest movie. So yes, podcast listeners, you have to be... You can't be easily oh, offended, and you have to be a little drunk. Yeah, that that would actually help. I think when you that watch this, help. but it it is it's basically filthiest. It's basically filthiest. all these different comedians from Gilbert Gottfried to just about everybody, George Carlin, about anybody you can think of, all telling the same joke, which the punchline of which is the aristocrats. Just it's hilarious. It is. It's really one of the funniest. It's extremely things. profane, but very funny. And I think you can put people to death for what goes on in the best versions of this joke. 
My husband comes out, he bends down. You know, now that I think back on it, it's probably wrong. Although the premise is funny. I remember that I faded. It's pretty spectacular. I actually was an aristocrat. Do it. It's like a dog with three legs. You don't want to look, but you just. He is completely covered with. As she blows a smoke ring out of her. And then we all drop our drawers and take a huge. They might have to clean this up for TV. The aristocrats. <laughs> the aristocrats. The aristocrats. So this this documentary, um, I just thought was interesting. It is. It, it, it was okay. I, I didn't realize it was going to be comedians talking about this, but just just some wonderful storytelling about this thing that we all do. This thing that 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 connects us all, no matter how old you are, or what race you are, or what religion you are. It is something that everybody does very popular children's book by that exactly and that's what actually inspired him to do this documentary so it reminded me they had a lot of very funny stories and it just reminded me of a story that i uh told you i think this was years ago on on the air uh about a man who had fouled a bathroom so badly that one of the stories in this documentary is about that because a lot of people don't like to go in public right and some people don't care and they don't care what they've done to them. They don't care if they've messed the whole bathroom up for the next few hours. They don't care. It is a very personal, private thing. Right. Uh, and I, I don't like to go in public. Sometimes you have no choice. I think I've told you before about a friend of mine who married an, an Asian woman. Uh, this isn't true of all Asians, but in her case, uh, she could not do a number two in their home. Oh, in their home? For a year after they were married. She would get in the car and drive to her parents' house, which funny? was about four miles away. Yeah. It just, everybody has their own neuroses. Yeah. I, when they're one gal in here, she's like, I don't care. I'll poop anywhere. I don't care. My brother's. I don't care if you know that I poop. <laughs> I just don't want you to smell it, and I don't want you to hear it. Yeah. Well, that, and that, this may be just more of a thing with guys, but uh, like, I, I notice when I go into public restrooms that there are a lot of guys that will be in a stall, and they will make a lot of noise. Yeah, that's what they, I'm They're saying. going, oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> Or, or something like that. I'm thinking, man, just I, I just want to be as quiet as I can and get out of there. Well, I had a situation come up where a man, a man fouled a public restroom so bad that it indirectly affected me. And this happened on uh, a little vacation I took. I think it was a sponsor, one of our radio sponsors, um, and I took them up on going to their hotel for the weekend on the on the coast. So I, I went by myself, and I had a lovely room, and I decided to treat myself to a really nice dinner at the restaurant and typically when you're eating alone they don't put you at the best table you know you kind of you kind of get stuck at a table that's not great and I ended up at this in a nice restaurant but my table had a view of the hallway where the restrooms were and another exit was so I'm sort of facing this and it's down the hall and and I, I ordered some beautiful dinner, a shrimp cocktail, and uh, all things sea. It was gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Halibut cheeks and all these wonderful things. And I'm about halfway through the meal. Lovely wine. I'm enjoying it by myself. It's fine. And uh, this small boy and his, his, I assume his father, uh, walk past my table, and they're headed down the hall to the restrooms. At the precise moment that they reached the restroom, a rather large 
man, really large man, rather large. comes comes trundling out of the bathroom <laughs> door. So he trundles. And you're watching this. He trundles out. I'm, I'm not watching. I'm just. I'm just. You know, it's there. I'm not like studying it. I'm just. Am I lucky to have this view? I'm just eating, and and you know, people are coming and going from the restroom. But what made this particular visit so interesting was as soon as the fat guy left, and the child and the dad went into the restroom, it was maybe 30 seconds later they came out, and the little boy, in the loudest voice ever, said, "Man, it stinks in there." And I put my fork down. I put my fork down and I said, check, please. Oh, okay. So, so that I just couldn't get it out so of my head. Only kids would do that, just, you know? I just couldn't get it out of my head. <laughs> it and reminds I, me of this friend of mine who's a little kid. They're standing in line at the grocery store and there's a rather large woman in front of them. And the kid shouts out pretty loud to his dad. Gee, Dad, look at her. She has a really big bottom. <laughs> yeah, the you got to love The guy kids. wanted to fall through the floor. Yeah. Disappear. Uh, as we wrap up, you reminded me of a story, and uh, please forgive us, uh, faithful podcast listeners, if this is getting a little uh, too uh, scatological for you. It's but everybody does it. Everybody does. Everybody does it. It, it is something. Uh, this is what I'm saying. I think we need to rip the cloak of shame off of this thing. I don't think it needs to I be. I don't know if I ever told you this, but when I went to college, I majored in scatology. I actually have a doctorate uh, in scatology. I don't know whether to believe you or not. All I can say is. All I can say is this, is I'm really happy when I went to visit you and Patty that I had my own bathroom. Yeah. That was super it's important. It's important to have. You yeah. Bet. Did you ever walk past it and go, uh, uh, gee, I'm kind of glad she has her own bathroom? Uh, we didn't, I didn't want to say anything. Yeah. 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 Um, I think you probably were had, had still had the flu a little bit. No, maybe. no. Uh, so, All right, so, so this guy always tells me this story. He was going to the University of Washington, and he had just started there. He was a freshman. And he's in a dormitory. And uh, wait, you've told this one already. I have with the sign on the yeah. bathroom door. Oh, did you know, like four podcasts ago? I did, or eight podcasts oh, ago. Oh man! Yeah, you know, we've been doing this podcast for five years now. I think you've told it like three okay. times. Did I? Did I mention that I just saw the movie <laughs> The Shape of Water? But if you want, go ahead, and because maybe people won't remember. Nah, forget it. No, now I've embarrassed forget. you. No, no, it, you have to. You've told it like a lot. It's a great story, though. No, it's not great. And no. now what I'll have to do is for people who don't know it, they're going to email me and go, "Well, what episode was it on?" So tell it. Just tell it again. Uh, I won't tell it. Now, my, you've stolen my Did thunder. No, just tell just, it. I can't tell it with any enthusiasm no, it anymore. It is a good story. All right, I'll just be quick about it, and then I uh, will be done. Okay. Um, so he he's so he's also you know only lived at home and so he you know it, it's 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 a new thing when you come to a college campus or you 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 know whatever you have a different sort of circumstance where you have to uh, you're living with people and reliving, sharing bathrooms sharing a, mm -hmm. um, this was a men's bathroom obviously so he goes in there and he uh, the way he described it was, I, I, I just really had to go very bad, and I, my stomach was hurting, and I just I got in there, and when I finished my business, I got up, and I looked back. By the way, 
Who doesn't look back? Okay? I always look. You, yeah. And you know why? You have to look. Because if there's any abnormalities, they're going to show up there. Right? If it comes out looking like salad, then you need to call the doctor. <laughs> salad. If it, you know what I'm saying? You well, need to. You know. have to look. And here's another thing while we're on the subject. you got to look. Uh, how, if, if you are someone who does not have sight... Yeah, and you, and you can't really ask other people to look for you. Yeah, yeah. Just so you just have to go by smell strictly. Yeah. Uh, so he gets up and he looks back, and he is his mouth drops. So he cannot believe the uh, gargantuan dimensions of this thing that just came out of him. It, he said it was just unbelievable. In my whole life, I'd never. I, I'd never seen anything like that, and it came out of me. So and, was he proud or horrified or a little bit of I both? think a little both, but he, of course, you know, he tries tries to flush it, and that's un- completely unsuccessful. He oh said it wasn't, it, that thing wasn't going anywhere. So he just finally just slipped out of the bathroom and went down. It was like on a fourth-floor bathroom, and he had a room on the first floor. So he said, okay, well, nobody saw me. Uh, coming or going, so I'm going back down to the first floor. Now, this is what he swears the story goes, is that he he's, he waited a full week, according to his tale, and then, mm, kind of curious, and he goes back up to the fourth floor. And he waited a week for what? To go to the same bathroom? Yeah, he didn't even, he wouldn't use that. Oh, I see. Okay. And maybe he didn't go intentionally there again, but he found himself back on the fourth floor again. And he goes walking back to the scene of the crime. Back to the scene of the crime, and <laughs> sees a, a hand-lettered sign that has been posted <laughs> on the men's room door that says, "Come in to see a world record." Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration.